Welcome everyone, this is the DFS Bum. All right, we have a showdown slate here, just one game. Wednesday night, Eastern Conference Finals, Boston and Miami squaring off. Before we get into that real quick, have some decent news to report. Had a nice little takedown on the second game Monday night in the showdown slate. Uh, first place, here's the lineup I end up having. Tannehill, Corey Davis, Font, Gordon, and Henry. My original player pool, I didn't have Corey Davis in it, so I had some spillover lineups. And it was ironic the way it worked out. The main slate, I want to say for first place, it might have been in FanDuel. I don't know if it was maybe like 200000 or maybe it's 100000 I can't remember. But regardless, it was interesting because the tie was so big on uh, the other slate that uh on the main slate that first place there was actually like 3300 so um whereas in this one it was like only 20 grand for first uh, so anyhow sometimes i guess it's better to be uh lucky than good so um it worked out better for me that that wasn't in the main slate um so anyhow i just mentioned that because uh keep your eyes peeled i'm gonna have a little little video out for the thursday night slate there pretty uh nasty one Cleveland and Cincinnati uh, kind of underwhelming but anyhow well I'll, I'll share my thoughts for that video so all right let's get into the game here and I guess one last thing before we jump in please subscribe to the channel if you're not done so already that helps the channel grow helps the algorithm out and whatnot so all right here what we're doing here is basically looking at these one game slates and there's a little bit different approaches in them and how that they're going to work I think when we're looking at FanDuel, we're really just talking about raw points and the salaries that we have to try to get there. Whereas in DraftKings, we're really going to be focused on the value play a little bit more so in that MVP spot because there's the point, or excuse me, the salary multiplier. It takes a salary by one and a half points and also, uh, or excuse me, it takes a salary and times it by one and a half along with the points. So that's the multiplier. Whereas in FanDuel, you basically have got four slots. Your MVP gets a two-time point multiplier. Nothing goes on with the salaries. One and a half for the all-star, one and a half point multiplier, 1.2 point multiplier for the pro spot, and there's two utility spots that just take the straight uh, points and no multipliers there. So with all that being said, on FanDuel, and really for DraftKings as well, Jason Tatum, probably going to be your favorite as far as an MVP, definitely on FanDuel. Overall, for the playoffs between both teams, he's been the leading scorer. He's been averaging about 48 points. Just came off a monster 66-point game. <laughs> Last series, averaged about 45, 46 points in the first series. First round, about 50 points. So a lot to like there with Adebayo. Price tag, 16000 on FanDuel, 10400 on DraftKings. And I was playing around with the DraftKings salary and... I tell you what, even with Tatum in my MVP spot, it still allowed me to get into a bunch of value, um, which I'll get into here in a second. So coming in behind him, I suppose it'd probably be out of bio or Butler. You know, it doesn't seem like it's... There's a couple games where both these guys have gone off, but it doesn't really seem like it happens all that often. I had made a point where I had been running out of bio in my MVP but I, I usually don't put Adebayo and even Butler in my MVP. But I usually don't put them in like the second slots behind them on FanDuel. 
because um, I don't really think that it would necessarily be that they'd both be the leading scorer in the same game. Not to say out of question, but I just don't really expect it to happen. Overall, Adebayo has been averaging 40 points for the playoffs. Butler, 39. Adebayo coming off 44 points last game. Butler, only 37. Series prior, Butler averaged 39 points. Or excuse me, Adebayo averaged 39 points. Butler, 40. First round, Butler averaged 40. and or Excuse me, Adebayo averaged 40. And then Butler averaged about 39. So overall, they're really similar players. The price tag's relatively close. You play a little bit more on Fandle for Adebayo and a little bit less on DraftKings with him. So good solid plays nonetheless. I just don't know, like I say, um, about being in an MVP spot. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to always keep one of them. I'm, I'm not, I don't know how much I'm sold on Butler. The end of that game was a tight game. And uh, between Dragic and Harrow, it's just not like the ball. It's not like it's going to be in his hand automatically because there's so many good perimeter-type players. So if you were to go MVP, uh, particularly on DraftKings, I would definitely lean towards out of bio. He's just cheaper on there. He's 400 bucks cheaper. All right, so from there, the other guys that are really like just outside of that top-tier guys, um, are going to be Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, Dragic, and Smart. Brown playing really well overall, 37 points for the playoffs. Last game was only 28 points, but the series prior, average almost 40 points. Was playing phenomenal. First round playoff series about 34. 8,600 on DraftKings. That's a guy, you know, and all these guys I'm talking about coming up here, are all guys on DraftKings because of the lower price and the potential to really hit and nail value. I, I, I like him. I like Brown on there. We have Kemba Walker, 11,500. FanDuel, 8,200 on DraftKings. Maybe not Walker as much just because I don't see his, him to have quite the ability to rebound like Brown. Uh, but he's been averaging 35 points for the playoffs. Last game was a little bit underwhelming, only 31 points. And he'll be the first to admit he hasn't really maybe played the best the last few games. Uh, last series averaged almost 33 points. The first round he was on fire, averaged about 40 points. But like I say, he's kind of cooled off and really hasn't had any like huge monster games. He hasn't been over 40 points going back to the third game of that that round against uh, Toronto. That went seven seven, uh, and that might have you know they had a couple games that went into overtime. I'm not that might have that game might have even went into overtime as well. So. Now, here we have a guy, uh, Dragic, just playing unbelievable. Only 10,500 on FanDuel, coming off a 45-point last night. 36 points the first round of the his first round, playoff round. 35 this last round, 33 overall. He's only 7,800 on DraftKings, so that could be a sneaky play. Uh, just play, especially you know, if he threw up like that 45-point night the last night, and you're able to get him that price tag. That's pretty darn good. Now, again, Tatum just had an unbelievable game, too. But it really goes back to that value. Like, who do you ever think is going to get the best value of the points per buck on DraftKings or, or people that you'd want to populate into that MVP spot? And then Dragic, is, um, he won't quite go up into my MVP spot. And, in fact, I even dropped him out of the second spot, I want to say, last night. I can't remember that, but he's going to go back up into the uh, all-star spot on FanDuel for me as well. 
Um, I'm just not going to put him in the MVP. And then another guy, too, that I think has been playing some really strong ball is Marcus Smart. Last series, 33 points. First round, going way back against Philly, he only averaged about 22, but like I say, he's really turned around 28 overall, um, which is what he had this last game. Gordon Hayward is questionable. I'm not really certain. Like It looks like he's really going to play. But when he does come back, I do see that impacting really Tatum a little bit, uh, Brown, Walker, Smart, you know, basically all those guys um, in Wanamaker too. Uh, you know, we'll get to Wanamaker here in a second. But anyhow, just keep an eye out for him. Um, like I said, I'm not really certain if he's going to come back and play here tomorrow or not but um at some point it definitely looks like he is going to be back in this series and when that does happen i really look for all those other guys minutes to probably go down a few minutes and of course hayward will pick that up so moving down on here this next kind of tier tier of guys and normally i haven't put them in that um pro spot on FanDuel, and I don't think I probably will, but they're they're definitely in consideration. And that'd be Jay Crowder and Tyler Harrell. Both are 9,500 on FanDuel. They're right around seven, seven grand on DraftKings. Both those guys have been averaging 26 points overall for the playoffs. Last game, they both had 36 points. So just really solid ball players at Harrell. Yeah, I mean, he's just, he's just their guy. <laughs> Excuse me, the guy off the bench. Uh, Duncan Robinson had a real poor game. He got into some foul trouble, but Robinson's been starting, but Harrell really comes in, and um, you know, and they're priced accordingly, uh, of course, as well with them. Daniel Tice, first round, when he when he's matched up against Embiid in Philadelphia, really struggled. He didn't even average 20 points. This last round, a little bit more favorable matchup, he averaged 28 points. Last game they played, played 35 minutes, which we like that, but only 16 points. So hard to say what's going to happen with him. They don't, you know, between Robert Williams and Grant Williams, I mean, they don't really have a whole lot of big men. Enos Kantner, I think, is just pretty much just done. Um, unless Boston were to get to the finals and go against the Lakers and with, you know, McGee and Howard, maybe he, he Cantor will play against them. But, but, uh, but yeah, so so Tice is certainly have some upside, but he's he's definitely probably probably the most boomer bust sort of player. If you go back that last series, for example, well, even here we go back. Let's just start with this series. So he had 16 points, 35 minutes. Game seven, 19 points, 23 minutes, 32 points, 47 minutes. That was the double overtime game, and with I think it was at least overtime. I almost think it was double overtime. So probably a bit of, a bit of anomaly there. And then he had 31 points in 30 minutes, 23 points in 25 minutes, 23 points in 30 minutes, 29 points in 30 minutes, and then 37 points in 25 minutes. In that game, he had 37 points in 25 minutes. He had something insane with his blocks, I remember. You get three points on FanDuel uh, for blocks and steals. So I think he had had like, uh, it's just like a certain series where he had a couple blocks in a row or something like that. But So that's probably a little bit of an anomaly. But it does go to the point, it just shows you that he's capable. Um, now with him, he's not going to populate anything other than just the utility spot for me. And that'd be my same thought with him on DraftKings, unless you want to really go for a contrarian lineup, but I just don't really like his potential. All right, Brad Wanamaker, 
Yeah, he was only 0.6% owned on a single-game slate. And I actually threw him in some lineups, and it was weird the way that the pricing worked the other day. Like, I think there was several people, and they had uh, that same price tag, 8500 I remember. And I, and I think it was maybe Robinson and Tice. And at first glance, you I could see why people would be like, well, I'm not even going to throw him in the player pool because there's other guys that have more upside with the exact same price. But he came out, and holy shit. Where the hell did that come from? 38 points, 24 minutes. I think he was kind of similar in that. What, he have like five steals or something insane like that? So that is kind of the one thing where those, some of these guys that come in and get a couple steals or a couple block shots, and they can, you know, and he had some nice, like, I think five or six assists, had about 12 points, a couple rebounds. So next thing you know, the guy, I mean, it was just unbelievable. Now, Here's where it's fucked up with him, though. That game seven, he played nine minutes. And this is game prior against Toronto. Nine minutes, no points. He played 18 minutes, 13 points. 28 minutes, 25 points. 13 minutes, nine points. 11 minutes, four and a half points. Eight minutes, six points. 28 minutes, 16 points. So I, I'm almost kind of thinking that it's kind of like he's got the one, one uh, game. He's going to blow up the slate. He did that that last, that first series, uh, game three, had 21 points, which at the time, um, like on a main slate, uh, the pricing's a little bit different, but he was so cheap back then where he's like under four grand. Uh, the single game slate here, it's like a little bit different with how they do the pricing on FanDuel. But I, I, I'm, I mean, I could almost just kind of see, I don't know, it'll be interesting what I decide to do with him. Part of me almost just says, you know what, I'd probably be better off being like, all right, hey, he had his one big game. And the thing that sucked about it was the way I had him paired off with is I just, I didn't have, I had him with Butler and those lineups at the, uh, not the MVP, but the second spot. And he just didn't produce compared to some of the other guys. Um, but that could have potentially been a huge night because he just was so low owned. So anyhow, um, yeah, part of me just says you could maybe potentially drop him because, like, what's what? What are the chances of him having that big of a game again? Particularly if Hayward comes back. Um, but, and I'd almost say this last game, he probably his, his ownership's going to go up. You could probably guarantee that. So I don't know. Just I guess just kind of play around with it. Now, all that being said, what's going on on DraftKings? He's only twenty eight hundred on DraftKings. He's so damn cheap there that that you can buy down on him. Um, still there and it gives you like you can really get in some nice good players in there like I was messing around with it and um, I wasn't even going to use Tatum in the MVP spot but I and, and I started off with the idea of I was going to use maybe like Dragic just to see what it looked like and son of a gun like I could fit in like Hero in there um, there was room for Crowder, Smart, Dragic um, and then I had like kind of like my choice of out of bio and Butler and then and I actually had so much salary that I could fit in like squeezing Tatum in there and then still kind of get one of these studs and then just get kind of this this mid-tier guys that between like Crowder, Hero, Smart, Dragic and the pricing that you have on those guys that's a really good group of guys I think that get you bang for your buck there. All right. Rounding out on the uh, bottom feeders here, Iguodala, yeah, I don't know, you know, DraftKings maybe, but the 7,500 price tag, just not really seeing it. He's only been averaging 20 minutes for the playoffs and about 14 points coming off a 10-point game. Now, going going back to the last game, that prior series, he did have 23 points uh, in game five. 
there. And uh, going back to the last game of the first round, he had 25 points. If he ends up throwing out that 25-point game again um, at, at and he's cheap enough, I could definitely see him being in the winning lineups for sure. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if he has one of those games in him. But I tell you what, though, at the same time, the fact that last night, like when uh, even Duncan Robinson and foul problems, like, I mean, he only played 14 minutes. So... I just I don't I don't think he's going to really get like that twenty minute run that he's been averaging, and part of that really goes that first round. He averaged twenty six minutes, and like then he just cleaned house in that first round as well. Whereas last round he only averaged sixteen minutes. So I think that he's really probably fallen off. He's more definitely the contrarian play in my mind, especially like if you had enough room to get like Robinson or something, like you'd want to do that all day. Olenek, he had a couple same deal with him. And I guess the thing with Olenek, maybe if Adebayo were to get into foul problems and he comes in and ends up playing, you know, like 20 minutes, he could throw up some numbers. But it would almost be like on one of those like kind of like scenarios. That's about the only way I could see it. So I guess my suggestion would be if you were going to entertain Olenek, I, I guess I'd probably make a rule where it's like I'm not going to put Adebayo in those lineups with the idea that Adebayo got into foul problems or maybe he got hurt or something and Olenek got more run. And, of course, with that being the case, that would hurt Adebayo's production. That, would be in, that, of course, would be like in theory. Kendrick Nunn, his minutes are starting to come up a little bit, I suppose. But, well, actually, I guess there were only 13 minutes this last game. It, you know, he just he's just pretty much out of that rotation. I mean, the way that... Um, between the especially the way that Harrell's playing, I mean, so sixty five hundred Fandle, two grand on DraftKings. So I guess if you just if you were just couldn't you were spread so thin that like say you couldn't get Wanamaker at, at twenty eight hundred, and you just need to throw somebody in there, um, at least because because if you guys remember he didn't play the very first three games of the playoffs at all period, and then he started to come in, but he's barely like got even more than like fifteen minutes. And the highest point production he's had has been about, like, 16. All right, we have Robert and Grant Williams here, the Williams brothers. And uh, Robert would definitely be, I suppose, the guy I would go with. I'm not really excited about any of them, any of them especially when Hayward comes back. Again, um, it'd be one of those deals where maybe there's, like, some foul problems. But just the way that these teams match up, I, you just – both of them are a little bit more uh there's just not a really traditional center in there i mean tatum for all intents and purposes i mean he's like what six eight maybe six nine was was kind of like their quote-unquote big man um and yeah the the they, they've only been averaging about uh robert 13 minutes about 14 points for the playoffs grant 11 minutes and seven points if you were to play one of the guys, I guess it would be Robert Williams. He's uh, 6,500 at Fandle versus Grant being 6,000. But again, I wouldn't probably, that's more of the contrarian play. I wouldn't really spend like a whole lot of like draft capital or lineups or money in general chasing down those guys. And then, um, you know, Hayward, I guess just beware of him. Um, actually, the 7,000 price tag on Fanduel is pretty cheap compared to like the other things we're looking at if you were hopping to play that might end up being pretty decent little strategy now 
He's 7,400, though, on DraftKings, of all things. And I just, on DraftKings, I just don't think I would fart around with him just because, I mean, between Smart and Drogic, Crowder, like Hero, like I just think that you've got like a ton of value guys that you know are going to play, that you know are going to be playing 30-plus minutes because that's the one thing when he comes back. I mean, really, how many minutes he's going to play that first game back? You know, I mean, he's not going to go out and play like 30-plus minutes. I'd be shocked if that were to happen. I just can't imagine it. So, especially overall, Boston's been playing pretty damn good. I mean, I, I, to some degree, when he comes back, uh, it used to be what? They'd bring Smart off the bench, start him and Brown, Kemba, and then uh, you've got, uh, you know, Tatum, and uh, who else am I missing? But anyhow, anyway, um, yeah, I wonder if they'll even start him because, I mean, overall, Boston's been playing some pretty solid ball. Might make sense just to, for to bring him off the bench and him to be like the main guy off the bench instead of like Brad Wanamaker. I mean, if Hayward's healthy, who who if you were looking for scoring off the bench, I think I'd probably prefer to have Hayward there. And then Wanamaker is just a good another guy, guard that's good all around, solid player for him. So, anyhow, um, I guess just keep an eye on it. But if you were to play this first game back, I don't, uh, you know, um, if he's not in your player pool, I don't think I'd really sweat it all that much. So. All right, guys, uh, hope you kick some ass tonight, uh, or tomorrow night, I guess I should say. Also, keep your eyes peeled, too, for the Thursday night showdown slate for NFL with Browns and the Bengals. All right, guys, peace out. I'll see you tomorrow.